Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Okay, so I want to talk to all of us today. So I want to ask you a question. Um, Find yourself in one of these three stick figures, okay? Like some of us are, are new believers. Maybe there's somebody here today who's really not a believer. Somebody dragged you, or there's somebody online who's making you sit and watch this. But we have this, like, new believer place that everything is new, right? Like, one of my favorite scriptures is, um, you know, is when Paul says, you know, old things are passed away, new things, right? And and we kind of come in sometimes, and we're like, wow, we get a do-over, right? We get a mulligan. We get a do-over. So we come sort of as new believers, But some of us this morning, maybe this stick figure, you know, maybe we've been around for a little bit. Um, We kind of, you know, we got some scripture. We understand the heart of the Father. We're sort of seasoned, right? And and we got this. This is what we do. We're Christians, and and we're kind of walking along um, on this journey, right? There's, There's probably a lot of us in here, right? I would call this the Timothys, right? So we we get this. We've been mentored well. I'm still a little shaky from worship. So a lot of us, you know, can be like Timothy's. We get this, we get this Christian journey, right? We're growing, we're, we're on the path. And then I feel like there's this guy. And I'm going to call this guy the Pauls. Because I feel like for this past year or so, I've been moving from the Timothy journey to the Paul journey. And and what I mean by that is when Paul says things like to to live, um, Christ is, to to die is gain, to live is Christ. I'm I'm mutilating this, aren't I? Um, To live is Christ, to die is gain. Thank you. And then he says things like, I just, I long to know Christ and and him crucified. And you you know, I've said this a lot. I love words. They're just poetic and beautiful. But the reason I say I've been kind of dipping my toe in down here is because God's been really challenging me with that. What does that mean? What does that look like? And so I want to talk to you this morning about when God rewrites our stories, um, because it was poetic. We sing it, right? Marina and, and the worship team lead us in this song regularly. You know, you rewrite our history. You change our destiny. And several months ago, the Lord really confronted me with that. And he said, what, you know, what, is, what does that look like? What does that mean? And so I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about when God rewrites our stories. Because I feel like for me, it's been the journey of First of all, moving from here to here. And this can be in parts of our lives, right? It can be in, in, you know, maybe in finances. We're still walking as new believers. Don't know what that means. God's in my finances. It's a pretty thing we say. You know, but maybe in in raising our kids, we, you know, we're, we're Timothys, you know. Maybe in our careers or in our ministry, we're real Pauls. 
So it can be in different parts of our life. And so I've been really walking through this with the Lord, and I, I want to throw one thing out there, because if he rewrites our story, am I still on? Yeah. How, how many stories can we tell at one time? One, right? We only can tell one story at a time. And so the question becomes, what story are we going to tell? We want to tell the story we've been telling for years, or we want to maybe tell a new story. I was joking with Durham this morning. I think he's out in the lobby. He had cataract surgery, and I was like, Durham, you once were blind, and now you see. <laughs> right? He has a new story, right? And so we, we, we tell new stories. Um, let's pull up the scripture from Isaiah. We know this, right? See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? Don't you see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So that new believer in different circumstances in our lives is that, look, I'm doing a new thing. Like, oh, yeah, he's doing something new, right? For me, it was encountering his love when I was 12 years old. It was a new thing. Right, but then the Tiffany, the Timothys are like, "Hey, do you see this? Do you see what I'm doing? And do you want to partner with me in this?" And then the Pauls really step into this. Yeah, we're we're going into the wasteland, and we're going to see some streams, <laughs> and we're going to partner with God to bring streams to bring life into dead places. Amen. So I love this scripture because it really speaks to. Um, this idea of letting God rewrite our stories and telling new stories. But we can only tell one story at a time. <clears throat> and in the process of really letting the Lord unpack this for me, he, he dropped this phrase in my head, confirmation bias. Who, who knows what that means? Okay, who remembers the three little pigs, right? <laughs> the three little pigs... We're just trying to live life, right? And along comes the big bad wolf. So the three little pigs tell their story like, geez, you know, we're just trying to build a house. We're just trying to live life. And here comes this big bad wolf, and he huffs, and he puffs, and he blows the houses down. Who was the villain? The wolf, right? Who are the victims? The pigs, right? Until... In the late 90s, the wolf published his story. <laughs> the True Story of the Three Little Pigs by A. Wolf. Right? I see you. You all read this. You're probably reading it to your kids, right? Confirmation biased. Even though the wolf is telling his story, in our minds, don't we still say, but no, the pigs were the ones who suffered. It's hard to see the new story. So when we, when we say, God, rewrite our stories, we bump up against this confirmation bias in our own minds. So I have to ask the question, um, because when God rewrites our story, 
we're dealing with this word right here. And I'm not talking about coins. <laughs> Maybe there is a change shortage. Maybe that's the word for this morning. We have to deal with change. So we have to, we have to deal with the question, how do we feel about change? How do we feel about changing our story? Who's our people that really hate change? Yeah, we like things the way we like them and we want them to stay that way, thank you. Now, who are my people who are like, yeah, let's go for it. Something new, something different, spontaneous. Yeah, because we need both. The world needs both because we are part of one body and we balance each other. The question I want to lay out this morning is, how do we feel about letting God change our story? How do we feel about letting God rewrite our story? Do we really believe he can? And do we really believe he will? And do we really want him to? Because we got that confirmation bias going on. So I want to drill down on this for just a few minutes. And then um, who, was, who was it arise back at Riverstone in the early years? Okay, so remember how we do those activations after Peter Mott? Okay, so we're going to do a little of that because they're gone and I'm in charge and I get to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> no, they know we're doing this. It's all good. Um, <clears throat> so God wants to change. Let me just tell you my story. So most of you know, like, I grew up, stuck. I, was, I was stuck in a, whoa. We're okay? It happens. Okay. So I'm just channeling Peter. Um, stuck. I'm not stuck. We get stuck because of obstacles. In our, in our journey. We get stuck because um, things hold us back. And what, what I want to unpack today is what holds us back in our mindset, what holds us back in our story. So most of my obstacles and most of my resistance, and some of you who know me really well, like Jill, <laughs> what you, they, they'll be able to tell you, I got stuck in my own limiting belief. I struggled with insecurity, and I struggled with feeling like I never measured up. <clears throat> well, what, what happens when God invites us to change our story? Like, how do we get to a place where we say yes, right? How do we get to a place where we're willing to change? What has to happen? It has to stop working for us, right? So the insecurity for the past couple years has not been working for me. It's getting in my way. And when it got in my way enough, I finally went to the Lord and said, fine, what do you want to do? I don't know how this works. I feel like I've been given the keys to a Tesla and I don't know how to drive it, right? I get this awesome thing. So... Um, I asked Terry, I, I kind of tricked him. I don't recommend it, wives. 
tricking your husband's not a good idea. But I tricked him one day, and I said, hey, I want to pray through this idea of um, God rewriting my story. Will you pray with me? Just pray next to me, and if the Lord says anything to you, just tell me what he says. He's like, okay. <laughs> and he did. So we're, we're just sitting there getting quiet before the Lord, and, and Terry said, um, I, feel like, I feel like you need to ask the Lord, like, where, where did this start? Good question. And immediately I had a picture of myself as a little toddler sitting on the front porch of the house I grew up in with my mother. My mother liked to sit out there and fold laundry, talk to the neighbors kind of thing. And I knew that my older siblings were in the house playing. My dad was usually at work. And I started to to just sit in that. And, and the Lord began to unpack this understanding that being the youngest, being several years younger than my older siblings, and they were only 11 months apart, right? They were always off playing together, and I was always either with my mom or my granny. And Terry says to me, I feel like you need to ask the Lord, like, what lie did you believe there? Like, where did this... I'm like, I didn't measure up as a sibling. I didn't measure up. I never realized that that's where it started. I thought it started with some, you know, abuse and stuff, some physical and sibling stuff. I didn't realize that it started on the front porch in the house that I grew up in as a toddler who can't think beyond, I'm hungry, I'm, i got to go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> and the Lord said, that's where it started because you didn't think you measured up as a sibling. Whenever we traveled, wherever we went, I was either with mom or granny. I never was with my siblings for obvious reasons. Those of you who have kids, like sometimes it's not safe for the two-year-old to be with the seven and eight-year-old, right? They play too rough. They're not mindful of the little in the circle. So it was, I mean, it was very innocent enough. So we kind of sat there with the Lord and he unpacked some more things. And I said to the Lord, so, so if this is the story I've been telling myself, for 60 years, what's the truth? And immediately, it was, it was crazy. Immediately, this truth sweeps in. I felt it sweep right in. And he said, you've always measured up. You have to measure up. You're my daughter, and you're made in my image. And that lie broke. I've always, I looked at Terry, I said, I've always measured up. I've always measured up. I can't help but measure up. I have to measure up. But the story I was telling myself for 60 years was, I don't measure up. And Lord knows what happens when that hits. You know, then I'm like, well, I'm worthless. I might as well leave. And I would leave. And I developed this pattern. You see how the trajectory follows. So what I want to ask you this morning is what are some areas that we get stuck in our stories? So I'll just start with mine, right? 
that I don't measure up. And you don't have to name yours. You can name somebody else's. Help me out. What do you got? What are some stories, what are some things in our mind that we get stuck with? Sorry? Oh. Condemnation. What was that? Sorry? Oh, past failures. What about shame? Indecisive. Spelling. <laughs> Any more? Not fitting in. Lack of trust. Right? Lack of belief. Y'all are good at this. So, if these are the areas that we get stuck, what are the belief systems that come from that? So one of my belief systems that came from not measuring up um, was God couldn't, God couldn't help me. It was up to me, right? It was up to me. And God won't. God won't whatever. What kind of belief systems come from condemnation? Can't undo it. It's the, it's the truth. What about past failures? I'm a loser. Repeat the cycle. What about shame? Disqualified. Oh, and I'll never be qualified, right? So all these things... lead to belief systems. We get stuck in something because we pick up a line at, in it, and then we have an action, right, that comes from that. But what God is saying when he wants to rewrite our story, he wants to give us his truth in this. So his truth was, I'm made in his image. And he rewrote my story by saying, no, you, you've always measured up because you, you've named, I'm sorry, this is unbelief. Unbelief. And this becomes belief. Right? If, if the 
if the unbelief is we can't undo it, what's the what's God's truth? Right? Finished work of the cross. Took care of it. What would Jesus say about I'm a loser? Huh? Victory in him, right? New creation. There's all sorts of truths that he wants to exchange our unbelief for with our belief, with his truth, right? So then once we have his truth, now we can do something. Something different. You see where this is going? So now if I don't measure up and I believe it's up to me and God won't, and he says, no, you're made in in my image and I have a plan for your life. Now I can be brave. I can step into, you know, what he's saying, what he's calling me to do. And I just have to tell you, a lot of you guys, like, you know, like, I'm okay getting up here and and encouraging you all, but it's hard. (laughs) You know, it's hard. And, And I know that some of you who get up here, even just to do an announcement, like, you are working through this process because it's hard to get up here and speak in front of people. But when you work through this and you say, okay, so my, my unbelief is, oh, I get so nervous. I'm, you know, I, I've screwed up in the past. I don't like speaking up front. And he says, well, no, I've called you to be an encourager. So now, okay, I can be a little bit braver and step into what you're calling me to do. Does that make sense? So the whole thing about rewriting our stories What I asked him to do that day that Terry and I were praying, I said, okay, if I started picking up this lie at two or three years old and the enemy has stole things from me for 60 years, things that were were part of my destiny, that were part of my calling, either because I was too terrified and I had to run or I had to say no, or because other people spoke things over me. Because, you know, people can sniff that stuff out. I mean, those of us who are feelers, who's my feelers? Like, we know when somebody's walking in insecurity, we can feel it. That's our gift. We can say, no, do you know how amazing you are? <laughs> you just did a fabulous job over there. And we can, we can encourage, right? But people who who have that ability, that discernment ability, without the love of Jesus, they'll just pounce on it, right? They're just going to, my mother would call it piling on, just piling on. So we, we end up either our own, the, the, our own enemy or allowing other people to hold us back. And it just becomes this cycle. So moving down from letting surrendering the story that we tell ourselves that's not productive. It's not helping to letting God rewrite our story to something that is helpful. 
requires the process of change. It requires us to confront our um, confirmation bias. Amen? There's a couple of reasons this is really important. Um, the first reason is you deserve the breakthrough, right? Who thinks they deserve the breakthrough? Come on. We deserve the breakthrough. But a lot of times I was that, that cartoon meme of the guy, you know, with the pickaxe going through, digging the tunnel, digging the tunnel, and he gets this far from the end and he just walks away. Like I was like, Lord, I want the gold from what I missed, right? So I'm gonna, I, want, I want you to go back and not only rewrite my history, but rewrite my history so that I have everything that I should have at 63 years old so I can go forward in my destiny from here. Because you deserve it. But here's what happens. When that guy with pickaxe is going and he's going and he's going, and when you and I are going and we're going and we're going after that breakthrough and we're not afraid to cry in church on Sunday morning because all of a sudden the breakthrough matters more than your makeup. That's a word for a lot of us. When it stops working for us, we're going to break through the rest of that barrier because God's one of God's names is the God of breakthrough. And he's like, come on, let's break through this. Let's do the work we need to do to get through this because three things are going to happen. Four. Isn't that like the Bible? Three things. And the fourth is. So first of all, you get stronger. It's like going to the gym. You keep going, you keep going, you get that breakthrough. Well, now you have that breakthrough. You got stronger because of that. Second thing that happens is you have now capacity to live on the other side of this obstacle. Because you broke through and you got stronger, you have greater capacity. What do you need greater capacity for? Abundance, greater works, greater abundance, your destiny. Because everything about the kingdom, everything about the Garden of Eden, everything about Christ in you is about increase, right? Increase in joy, increase in glory, increase in abundance in all areas, right? Three things. You get stronger. You have greater capacity to carry the abundance. You want to know what the fourth is? Come on, ask me. What's the fourth? The fourth is you break through so other people can follow you. We are a body. We are a body. You get the breakthrough so that other people can follow, and your breakthrough matters. It matters to you, and it matters to them, because we are not silos. We break through so that others can follow. How do they follow us? By getting up here and sharing your story. By, well, I was talking to Haley this morning. She's like, let's go out one day and help people get breakthrough. 
Let's do it. Because that's what it's about. It's about expanding the God's kingdom. Here, how do we do that? By helping people get breakthrough. So the fourth thing is about helping people get breakthrough. I'm hopeful that maybe you have found an area in your life that you're stuck and God is going, let's rewrite that one today. Okay? He always has his finger on something. So we're going to do just um, a little bit of an activation here. Whether you're our first stick figure and you're like, well, life is fun. I wonder what God has for me today. Or you've been going along in ministry and you're like, yeah, this is, this is good. You know, Timothy, workers. Or maybe you're in a pause season like me in some areas of your life. And God is calling you like we sang this morning. God is calling you to just lay down the obstacles. Mariana prayed us through that. It was brilliant. She didn't know what I was sharing about this morning. Marina plans the songs weeks ahead of time, but it always lines up. So you are here and you're online for a reason because the Lord has breakthrough for you. He wants to rewrite one of your stories today. So we're going to put on some music. Are we putting on music? We're playing music? Lovely. And we're just going to work through a couple of questions. So there's some index cards and some pens coming around. I've got about five questions. So you don't need to write the questions down. Just whatever the Lord is saying. What area of your life is God working to rewrite? today and really kind of drill down on that you know I started with like insecurity and rejection and with Terry's listening to Holy Spirit I I got the phrase don't measure up Drill, drill down on that write down the phrase of what God is speaking to your heart this morning Let's go to the next slide. And then where did that story begin? Where did that lie start to begin? What area of your life, what story does the Lord want to start to rewrite today? And where did that story begin? We're going to take about 10 minutes here. So just press into the Lord. Where does that story begin?
How did the story get started? Who are the other characters in your story? These are often the ones we need to forgive. Let's just pray through that. I feel like I just want to take some minutes and just pray through that. Pray through that forgiveness. Not because they deserve it, but because you do. Jesus, we forgive the characters in our story for helping us rewrite this negative narrative that we've adopted in our minds. We forgive them for for partnering with the negative. We forgive them, Jesus, so that we can step into your truth. 
So one by one, as you think of their names or see their faces, just put them in Jesus' hands. I forgive that one. I forgive that one. I forgive that one. They didn't know they were partnering with a lie. They didn't know they were part of a really destructive narrative in my mind. So I forgive them, Jesus. And I release them to you. Just take a deep breath as you put them in his hands. And let's ask him, Jesus, what lie am I believing about you or about myself because of this story? Sometimes it's hard to get real here. Get as real as you're comfortable. I love the way David gets so raw and honest. I love how he cries out, they hate me. They're trying to kill me. My life is over. Everyone's left me. I'm all alone. But he does it. He puts it out there before the Lord because of this next question. What is God saying about my story? What is his truth? What is his perspective? Push back on that confirmation bias.
Sometimes it's hard to see the story from that new perspective. But write it down. Trust the process. How are we doing? Nobody left. <laughs> it's simple, right? But it doesn't mean it's easy. But the breakthrough matters. It's probably mattered now in this current season more than it ever has before. Because God is on the move and he's looking for you to get your breakthrough so that other people can follow. Christina, let's go to the slide with Hebrews 12 on it. I saw this. I'd never seen it before. I'd never seen this before. Hebrews 12, 1 through three. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the bold italics and underline are mine. <laughs> the race set before us. You know what that means? That when you get that breakthrough, the path is made clear. When I got that breakthrough a few months ago, the path just like opened up. I was like, oh my goodness, look what I can do now that I always measure up. <laughs> There's so many possibilities because I know the path set before me. But when that path gets opened up, I make a way for other people to follow. And even though you have your path, and you have your path, and you have your path. It's this big web of paths so that people can get breakthrough and then keep getting breakthrough because maybe they need my breakthrough today, but maybe they need Joseph's breakthrough next week and Scott's after that. And so we're making a way in every area of our life because the path is set before us. And Jesus, as the author and finisher of our faith, is saying, sweetheart, I want to rewrite your story. The narrative that you're telling yourself about that situation isn't working for you anymore, and it's slowing you down. So family, I love you. 
I'm on this journey with you. I'm letting him rewrite my stories. And it has been the thrill of a lifetime. We'll go ahead and have the worship team come up. This has been a sacred space for you. I just I want to want to um, invite you to come up. I hope it's been sacred for you. I feel like this is a conversation starter morning. So come on up to the altar. Sometimes it's brave. Sometimes we have to say it doesn't matter if my makeup smudges. Let the love of the Father and his desire to rewrite your story drive you into his arms this morning. He loves you too much to leave you in this place. Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our stories. And so for any of my brothers and sisters who are struggling, believing that you could actually do this for them, I give them my faith. I give them my confidence in you. I give them my courage to come and have the conversation. So the altar is open. Please come up. Finish your conversation with him for this morning. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.